Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I look back at this and I think, you know what? If we're truly talking about faith and we're talking about this uh, life of being a follower of Jesus, there's nothing in scripture or nothing in reality that says this is going to be easy. So in all honesty, if you're doing it correctly, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. But also think about this spiritual truth, natural principle. This is family and families start with a marriage. And after the marriage, then kids come, correct? And when you look at the family unit, there's no, I don't care how long you've been married, but you all know, for those that have married and have kids, that it's not simple. And you can't look at your lives and say, it's a perfect marriage, it's a perfect life. You can't say that. You can, you can look at that and say, you know, we've, we've overcome and we've made it through and we've had difficulties, but you can't say that everything's perfect and everything's worked out just fine. No one can. No one can. So it's been a battle. Oh, by the way, how many have been married for at least, at least eight years, eight years or longer? Raise your hand. Okay. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Why do I say years? Because in our country, majority of every marriage ends at eight years. Majority of every marriage ends at eight years. As a matter of fact, the, that, picture of a family unit is at the lowest level in this day and age of our whole history. I mean, it's like a quarter of what it was 50 years ago, seeing a mom, dad, and children without no, no mixing that. In other words, um, no divorces, no remarriages, a mom, dad, and kids. It's almost prehistoric now. Isn't that interesting? And I look at that and I think, wow, when you're talking about this, this journey, you're talking about something where I look at it and I say, all the things that we had to deal with, all the battles we had to deal with, all the frustrations we had to deal with, and you think, but we're a church, why, if it's God, why would it be that way? Well, the point is, is it's the same as a family. And I look at being married, and I look at having kids, and I look at all the responsibility, and I would love to look at the beginning to the to point now and say, everything's been simple, everything's been easy. But it hasn't. It's been a warfare. It's been a fight. There's been ups and downs. So what's the deal? What is so, so connected to 25 years or connected to this time of this journey? And there's only one thing that I can look at that really ties it all together, and that's commitment. Commitment. There's just been a commitment, or we can say perseverance. And if you want to look at your lives and you look at your your marriages, if you're married for a long time, you can say the same thing. The reason why is commitment, perseverance, because it's not because everything's been great. 
that you're still together. It's because you've fought through the fight. You've battled. You've gone through hell. You've gone with the ups and downs. But you recognize the understanding that there's got to be commitment. You got to persevere. And the people that don't, they end. They quit. 90, I believe it's 98% of all churches end within one year. 98%. Now that's amazing, isn't it? So in all honesty, most churches are failures. And I look at that as a sad commentary on the body of Christ only because I believe most churches started not because of God, but because of man. Because of titles, because of I want to be important. Not because they're called. And scripture backs us up, by the way. But the point is, is we're here 25 years. And I looked at this and I said, God, what do I do? I don't want to do the normal hip, hip, hurrah. Let's have a cake up here and blow it out. I'd rather have a mushy story right now and cry. So in our 25 years, the Lord shared with me something important. He said, what is the celebration about? And I said, 25 years of ministry. He goes, nope, it's not. And you know, when he does that, it sort of aggravates me. It's like, oh, I'm supposed to figure it out now because I don't have a clue what you're talking about. But it's, and me and, me and my dad, we have, we, we have, this is how we communicate. Otherwise, this is how I deal with it. This is how I work with God. It's never disrespectful, by the way. I'm just, you know, I get a little more, you know, whatever up here. But the point is, is it, it's, I do it honorably when I go, no, I don't want to. But anyway, so I'm like, well, what? He goes, the celebration is about the next 25. And I went, what? 25? He said, and this is what he told me. He said, I didn't get you to 25 to now just, you know, okay, we're 25, you know. I got you to 25 to take you to the next 25. And I thought, well, that's awesome because I'm in it for the ride. I'm with you, God. You know, what you want is what I want. And it just made me start reflecting on what it is I need to do and what I need to present as far as vision and understanding for uh, the next 25 years. And the Lord shared this scripture with me, and this is what it comes down to. It's pretty interesting, but it's in the book of Hebrews chapter 10. If you know anything in the context of Hebrews chapter 9, 9 10, and on, it, he goes in, Paul's talking to the church. Now, the Hebrews are what? They're saved Jews. They're the, they're the, the Jews that have now received Jesus, okay? He has to deal with issues with them because, remember, they're from pure religion, pure religion. So they get saved, and they've got all this all this stuff they have to deal with. So Paul's really getting on them about certain things. He's talking to them about sacrifices. He's talking to them about works and legalism. So he's going through this whole thing, talking to them about how to be set free. How do you live this life successfully? What is necessary? And so he, he hits on these points, and this is what he does. In this Hebrew group, many were reverting back to religion. 
They're going back to sacrifices. They're going back to works. And if you read verse 11, he says, and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices. This is what Paul's writing to him. He said, the priest goes, does the sacrifice. Priest does same exact thing over and over. Now listen to what he says, which can never take away sins. He says, you're trying to find God. You're trying to get God to accept you more, like you more, whatever. He said, these things have never, never got rid of sins. Old Testament, none. No sins taken care of with a sacrifice. Isn't that interesting? He says, but this man, Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. My gosh. For sins forever. Sat down at the right hand of God. That means done. He, I'm finished. Forever sins are taken care of. Then he says, from that time, waiting till his enemies are made a footstool. And that has to do with you know, future events and stuff like that. But the point is, is he's dealing with the religious Hebrews and saying, listen, don't go that way. Then he deals with legalism in how they are communicating. So now they're communicating legalism and they're talking religion to one another. And what he does is he's saying, listen, that communication, that type of speech is gonna bring you back to bondage. It's gonna take you back into works. And if you look at verse 23, it says, let us hold fast the confession of our faith, of our hope, of our confident expectation without wavering. He said, don't go that way. Stay focused on what you're learning, what you know now. This, this truth you got about Jesus, this truth about what he did for you, don't speak religiously. Don't speak that way. And he says, hold fast to confession of your hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. God's going to take care of you. Keep the confession right. And if you pay attention to this, you can see any one of these steps that you yourself can be caught in getting away from. And this is so important to understand because what we do is, is we, we want answers to life's problems, answers to help us in our walk, and they're right here. But we don't relate to this information as it's relevant, and it's completely relevant. Because what he's saying to them can happen to any one of us. We can get religious in our communication. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's move on. Galatians 6, 9 says this. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, in when? Due season, we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Then he says, therefore, as we have opportunity let us do good to all, especially to those of the house of faith. This should be the priority first over anything else. So he said, have a right confession. Don't quit. Don't give up and keep doing good. Do season. You're going to reap. But also understand this. We got to be helping, benefiting people. Amen. Helping, benefiting people. Next, he says, this is where this scripture comes in. Many are forsaking the weekly gathering of believers. So watch what's happening. They get religious in their talk. They want to go back to religious actions. The next thing they do is they want to stop going to church. 
They're having weekly gatherings, even more than that. And people start not wanting to go to church anymore. They don't want to go to the gathering. And he says this. Now look at this. He says this in verse 25. He says, not forsaking. That's don't abandon, don't leave it. The assembling of ourselves together. As is the manner. Everybody say the manner. That Greek word literally means to create a habit. How are habits created? Right away, just all in one? Or are they a little bit, a little bit, a little bit? Exactly. So what happened is they just thought, well, we don't need to go today. You can watch it on live stream. I'm, no, I'm just kidding. But what they honestly, this is, this is factual. This is truth. What they would do is they'd create a habit of not showing up. And he said, don't do that like some people have created a habit. We have a habit of coming. Don't create a habit of not coming. Amen? Amen? Amen. Y'all should have been going, amen, because you're all here. All right. What, if you look at the, pro, the, the progression, you'll see that the, the negative talk always starts alienating you from the life of God. Always. The moment people start speaking negative, they start going backwards. You know this in your own personal lives. Everybody in here knows this. You know when you stay positive and you communicate good things, it's, it's, it's on. But once you start going, eh, eh, and y'all know, everybody in here knows it. When you get in that place where now you're more focused on picking at, focused on finding what's wrong, judging. I'm telling you, that journey is a journey well, you might think right now is a smooth road. I'm, I'm telling you where it ends. A dead end with a cliff. No one ever, ever, ever is going to have a successful great life when they start becoming poisonous with their mouth. It won't happen. It just never works. So the deception is, is we're going to, get, you know, you're going to be speak negative, 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 and everything's fine especially negative people, all of a sudden get around other negative people because they have to have people that talk the same language. They, they can't hang around positive, so they will find someone. They'll search people out that are just as negative, and they'll look for them. When they're positive, they would never be around that person. But once they become negative, they're like brothers. I mean, they're connected. And you're like going, dude, you guys hated each other. Well, now we want to talk trash at everybody. We're friends. It's pretty gross, isn't it? That's a nature. That's a nature. But we've all been there, right? Amen. Come on, love life. Be real. Every, we've all been there one time. All right. I'll, get, I'll just say one time. All right. I've been there more than once, but I'm, I'm, I'm more of a loser than you. But hey, you know, it's happened to me and I'm not, I don't, I'm not proud about it. But in my journey, I've seen it happen more than once. I'm not happy about it but I own up to it. I just don't want it to, you know, overtake me again because I'm deceiving myself thinking it, you know, it doesn't happen or never would happen. I'd rather keep my guard up. Amen. I want a good life. So he said, don't forsake the gathering together. Now watch this as some have, but, but what are we supposed to do? Be faithful and build one another. Listen, listen to this, because this is very enlightening. Building one another, 
And so much more as you see the day, the evil day approaching or the attacks or the evil in this world approaching. And he's saying, be a builder, be a builder. It didn't say assembling yourselves together so the pastor will do everything for you. It doesn't say that. You know what it says? So that when you get here, you're going to focus on building people. There's nothing greater than going to church where the people are building one another up. But that's the greatest thing there is. You want to find what's my call? Build people up, exhort one another daily. But we don't want to hear that because see, we're religious. We want to and know it's being in the ministry. It's being a, a leader. No, it ain't. It's being a builder. That's you're being at the highest level. I mean, if you can help someone coming here, it's never been here and build them up or someone that's down that comes here and build them up. You are a leader. You're awesome. You're awesome. You're impacting life. You're my champion. I'm serious. If you're exhorting and building, that's man. You're number one in my book. Serious. I think that's the, the number one key for success. On a foundation of love, of course. But number one key, building one another. Why is church important? To build one another up. Verse 24 says this. And let us consider one another. Notice the wording. Talking about the gathering, talking about us as a church. I mean, listen to the wording. Let us consider one another. Let us what? Con it's not about you. Are you guys hearing this? It ain't about you. It's about getting together and considering one another. Is that awesome? I think it's awesome. Then he says this. In order, why are, we, why are we considering one another? In order to stir up. That word stir up literally means to provoke or to stimulate. To stir up, to provoke or stimulate. So he's saying, when you come to church, I want you provoking people. That's not a negative, okay? I don't want you to go on, oh, I'm going to ding, ding, ding. No, he's talking about you're going to provoke people to love and good works. Love and good works. How are you going to provoke someone to love and good works? You're going to stir them up. You're going you're to come in that door and you're going to go, man, you guys are doing an awesome job. I just, you're awesome in how you open the door. I can never open the door the way you open the door. You are awesome. You are, you're, you're, your smile just makes me feel good. And why are you doing that? To be fake? No, we're building each other up. Yes. We're building one another up. Amen. Yes. That's why we gather together to stir one another, provoke one another to love and good works. Most churches, we come to judge and to stir up backbiting and gossiping and evil. That's sad. It ought not to be that way. That's what religion always does. It will never stop. It'll be the whisperer. Oh, you gotta, you gotta read Proverbs on whispers. If you ever see people whispering, I guarantee you that is one of the most negative things that you can take on as a trait. And you'll see whispers because they do this. They always do this. Okay, I'll back away slowly. Watch it. Now you might now maybe maybe you do that. Well, I just called you out. What are you gonna do about it? You gonna throw a fit? Or are you gonna go, man, I don't wanna be that? Because why are you whispering? 
If it, if, if it isn't about the awesome gift you're going to give me, I'm no serious. If, if it isn't about something that you're whispering because you don't want them to know that you're about to give them a thousand dollars or you're whispering because you don't want them to know that you got a new car for them. Hey, that's not the whispering that the Bible talks about. But when you're whispering, there's nothing good about that. You're not wanting people to hear. And so the whispers and, and I'm talking about, you know, you can whisper for the sake of not being too loud, but you'll notice a whisper. They do this. They always do this. It's, it's, it's all in the world that way. Where's that come from? It's not a God thing. Pay attention. Watch parents pay attention. Kids pay attention to your parents. Pay attention to this. No, I'm not kidding you. Watch it. And you'll see this. And I guarantee you, it's never, it's never anything good. It's a bad thing. All right, moving right along. Ephesians 4.12. The purpose of the church, why church is important. This talking about the position I hold. Notice what it says. Equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. For the edifying the body. Do you notice the whole, the whole theme about why we come to church? isn't about so you get something. Do you see this? I mean, of course, we kind of together for equipping and, and guarantee you 2022, it's going to be radicalized. I'm telling you right now, 2022 is going to be an amplified version of 1996. I'm telling you right now, guarantee you, it's going to be something where most everybody in here never experienced. A few of you experienced the tail end of it, but this scripture I'm coming up to, God has brought me to the place and said, this is what it's about. This 25 years are like a brand new 25 years, and you're going to do it the way you started this thing. You think you, how many have been listening to my Bible school stuff? How many are like listening to it and getting freaked out about how awesome it is? I mean, is it like, oh my gosh, this information. You know, when I first started at church, that was pretty much normal ministry. I did the Bible school and in my messages, I was doing the Bible school, but literally it was impacting, influencing people to another level that this city, this state, because see, they've never ever heard any of this stuff before. And I'm telling you, it's, I'm excited for our 25 because this is what I know for sure. I know from then it was all on me. This 25, it's not all on me. Now it's going to be all on a bunch of you that I'm going to expect to be operating the same way I was in the beginning. That's what I'm believing for. Amen. So there are going to be so many different avenues, so many different ways to learn and to grow so many different levels to understand at the level you're at, because you got to have like kindergarten ones, you got to have elementary school, you have to have the whole progression. And 2022 is going to start all this stuff, but I'm looking forward to it. It's awesome. Anyway, so if, if you've been out there going, wow, man, uh, it's been a little, little lull going on. Well, welcome to the church of this 21st century where we just went through COVID and now still churches are having a hard time even doing church. But 2022, man, unbuckle your seatbelts because we're going to go for a wild ride. So it's, 
listen, when we talk about this, when we see this, and you see the picture of what the church is supposed to be, it's not about what we can get. It's about what we can contribute. It, parents, isn't that what you're trying to get your children to understand how they can contribute to the home? Or are you just saying, no, I'm going to keep you a baby all the way up to your 30, like some, you know, majority of homes. No, you're like going, I want my children at the level they're at to contribute. Are you not parents? Come on, don't leave me hanging. Are you not? You all want to see your kids successful. And you know, there's different levels of responsibility, different levels of accountability. Isn't this true? And you're wanting them to engage in that. That's exactly what the church is. A place where we know it's just not about gimme, 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 my name Jimmy. But it's about contributing, being a part, helping one another. And I thank God. I thank God for love life. And believe me, I, I do. I, I, you are some wonderful people. And many of you contribute. Some of you contribute in ways that people don't even know. And you're awesome for it. You're awesome, awesome people. You know, we, we have a work day and people show up and we have people showing up outside of work days. We have people that just want to help, people that'll bless us, you know. And, and I'm telling you, we, we got a lot of awesome people in here. And that's, 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 that's awesome. It's awesome. But now we've got to take it to the spiritual part. Because the natural part is late. Now we become that spiritual, I'm going to help. That spiritual, I'm going to fix this. That spiritual, I take care of this. That's what we're going to see start. I'm telling you, it's, we're, we're ramping up to move in that. And you know what's so interesting is we're going into the end times. The last, the, we're going into the last days. You'd think you'd be going, oh, we've got to build more walls and, and get protected. No, we're getting ourselves out there. We're like going, no, this is where we're going to start pulling in the net. We're going to make sure that people are getting the information required for success in this life. And it is not religious mumbo jumbo. It's laying this foundation of truth. I mean, laying it down in a way where you're like going, gosh, I've never seen the Bible that way. I'm telling you, you're going to... Oh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm just pumped up for it. Excited. He says this, verse 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Notice this. The place of being uplifting, building, and this, this position of seeing the glass half full, not half empty. There's a reward to this. You, I want you parents and I want everybody in here to understand, we've got to be connected more into we can do this than we can't. All right? All of us. We've got to get to the place where we're more like, we'll find a way. We're going to find a way. Come on. Are you guys with me? All right. So he says, you have need of endurance. If you want to be this level, you've got to have endurance. And it, the word endurance in the Greek literally means to hold up courageously. It doesn't mean that you're overwhelmed and just, okay, I'll make it through. It literally means to be in that position, but you're in a position of power. So it's not like, you know, it's like when you start first working out and you get that weight and it's heavy and you're like, going, <laughs> but after a while, the weight's heavy, but you're like going, I got this. I got this. 
I got this. I got this. What's happened? What happened from that point? You're you're lifting weights to the point now you're lifting weights. What's the difference? This. Everything in here is benefiting from the journey. Oh, I told you about the times, you know, where I I lacked in working out or I I, uh, had a a time frame of don't want to do it and gone through that. But see, in my journey now, I'm at the journey of this is my life. I love this stuff. I am enjoying this stuff. And now my boys are on that journey where they love this stuff. Why? It's not, if you've seen our workouts and how we work out, it's not easy. There's sweat involved. There's, there's pain involved. So what, why, why would they all of a sudden like going, I can't wait? Because they see the results. They're seeing the results. And it takes time. But ultimately, you're going to start seeing results. And that gives you the ability to persevere. God ain't holding you in a place of, you ain't going to see the results until the final end. No, that, that totally contradicts the natural. Are you guys seeing this or is this too deep for you? Are you guys getting this? So the point is, is this what we're experiencing. We're experiencing the, the, the hardness, the frustration, the uh, I got to do this. And you overcome it to where you're like going, I like this. I like this. And it benefits not only your physical body, but it benefits longevity. So these are all good things. Good things. Amen. Amen. All right, let's move right on. Habakkuk 2.3 says this. The vision will still happen at the appointed time. It hurries toward its goal. It won't be a lie. If it's delayed, wait for it. That's in the Hebrew, by the way. Wait for it. Anybody ever hear that? Wait for it. And that's what he's saying. When you are operating in vision, it's not about mumble jumble, bam, it's there. It's about the process of time that it takes to get to that position of seeing vision accomplished. It doesn't just happen. There's this journey. And it says, it's not going to lie. The vision's there. It won't lie. It'll come wait for it. That's what it says. Wait for it. It will certainly happen. Wait for it. It'll certainly happen. It won't be late. What? How can it say it won't be late? Because God knows the time that best benefits us. I can go through my life and, and, and literally say, I wish it could have happened here. I guarantee you, if it would have happened here, it would have screwed me. Something bad, it would have been negative, not a positive, a negative. Something negative would have been attached to my timing. But God's timing is always good timing. Always good timing. Man, I want to build that hope within you because I don't want you to live a religious life where this this stuff doesn't make sense. I want you to understand this is relevant life. This is so important. If you can get this information in you, I guarantee you, your choices in friends, your choices in future spouse, your choices are going to be more in tune to success. I promise you it will. It builds identity. Identification is mandatory for the success in this because if you are, have a low self-esteem, you have a very undesirable look at your life and you see nothing but 
mess. Everything you choose is tied to, I'm not worth it. So you cheapen everything you do. You cheapen relationship. You you cheapen everything because you don't deserve. And that's a lie. That's a stinking lie. Your past might be filled with messes, but you are one of one. So you got to get past this, get past whatever mess. If it's a mess in a past marriage, relationships, whatever the case may be, you've got to get today and recognize that this is not your past. This is life right now. It's not even life then. Now. When you connect with this, this is when transformation starts. This is when the journey gets to the place where you are going to see results. You're going to go, God, this is so cool. I'm telling you, I've seen it. I've seen this. I've seen where you you transfer from not too good of friends, bad friends, not too good of friends to all of a sudden your journey starts taking to people that are, that are connected, faithful now, people that are for you. And I mean, things start changing. My message. I got a few minutes. My message. It starts right here. It's still in Hebrews 10 in verse 28. You ready for this? Because this is us. This is for us. But recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with suffering. You might be thinking, what? (laughs) What did he just say? This thing... God shared this thing with me. And I just, I was so overwhelmed in love with God again to where I was like, I, how are you so good? Because again, I didn't really know how to go about this day to day. I'm looking for it tonight just because I honestly, I love to see you guys having fun. I love it. I love to see your excitement. I love to see you guys laughing. I love to see you, you know, you, you guys really suck at bowling and it's funny and no, <laughs> I just, some of you are good. I'm just teasing, but it just, it, it just fun. It's fun to be around you guys. I like, I love Harvest Festival because it just, it's just who we are. And I believe honestly, with all my heart, with all our imperfections, I believe ultimately the bottom line of this church is love. And, and listen, over the years, you know, people come, people go, people fight, people argue, people get offended. It's every church in the world. But ultimately, people of love life, they live a love life. And I guess, yeah, there are struggles, there are issues. But I can tell you right now, you go on, you search the history of this church and this journey, there are always miracle signs and wonders filled in this place. And there always have been, and there always will be. Growth, maturity, always. No one that has ever left this church mad can say, I didn't learn anything. My life wasn't changed. Not one, not one person, no one. And I stand there and I think, I go, that's right. That's my position. I will not stand to God ashamed because I was a bishop over people's souls. According to his scripture, that's what I did. And I do it right. And I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it. And it's, it's something I'm seeing. I see lives change. So let's do bigger and better. Amen. Let's do this thing. Because I'm telling you, you have no complete understanding of what this entails. 
as I don't really yet. I know a function of what I understand, but I believe that this is going to be involved young people at a different level than ever before. And young people, I'm talking about, you know, people about my age in their 30s and stuff. So in their 20s, 20s, all right. But I do really believe it. Now, teens, I mean, we've got teens that are, I mean, they're awesome. I mean, look at this church. We're a cool church, you know. And you guys are the representation of this church. Let's go through this 32 real quick. But recall, everybody say recall. Recall the former days. Now let's break this down because you, we're going to miss it without the interpretation. Ana ma mesco. Ana ma mesco is a compound word. And this is the Greek word recall. The reason why it's important because it literally means to in, intensely seek out something. This is why I want you to hear how the Greeks heard it in their day. Because they understand recall a different way than we do. Recall is mainly we're trying to think about something happened. What, what was that? What was that? This has an intense, an intensity to it. The reason why it has intensity to it is because it's information that somehow got buried. And that's what the Greek picture of it is. That you literally are having to reach down and pull something out that's been between stuff. And you're intensely trying to bring that stuff up front. Now do you see this? It's a whole different meaning, doesn't it? To intensely seek out, to command to remember. Now that, listen to what it's saying. So what I'm saying is, is this is what he's saying about something important for our lives right now to be successful. Remember what I said? Our journeys are filled with a lot of warfare going on, huh? A lot of ups and downs, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of downs, amen? Where you're going through struggles and, and, and different things in your life where you go through it and you're like going, oh, this is rough. But see, you're committed so you can get through it, amen? If you're not committed, you're going to blow it up, all right? I'll blow up the house, I'll blow up the marriage, I'll blow up the family, I'll blow up, you, you just blow everything up. And you think, okay, it's all good now. No, heck no. It's going to be exactly the same way again. You just got to start from the beginning again. That's statistics, by the way, and God's word. Actually, God's word, which statistics back up. So let's move on. He says, forcefully command that information because it has opposition. The former days, the what? This literally means the earlier days And it's saying this, the earlier days to where you created a habit of understanding. Everybody in here can remember the times when you are soaking this stuff in and it's becoming a habit in your life because you're hearing it and you're doing it. And it's aorist tense. It's continual, continual, continual. And you remember this. And all of us in here, in, some of you are in there right now where you're just like feeding, feeding, feeding. But then life starts happening. The battles start taking place. The warfares, the relationships, the marriages, the kids, everything starts attacking you. And now you're at a place where you're like going, where is that good stuff? Where is that? Where I wanted it. I want that. Now we're not talking about feelings. We're not talking about emotionalism. We're talking about the revelations, the truths that were transforming, change your life have been buried under what life buried under frustration, 
buried under, well, I've been doing good and nothing's happening. Buried under that. Buried under, well, you know, I'm going to keep trying, but if it doesn't work, I'm going to quit. Buried under that. Buried under, you're not meeting my expectation. Buried under, I don't feel in love anymore. Buried under that. Come on, somebody. Are you guys hearing me? And this scripture is telling us that it's a warfare and we got to fight to bring that in. But it's in aorist tense, which means it's not a one-time deal. It's not one time. You got to continually do this. <laughs> I got to continually do this. If I don't do it, if I sleep on it, something's going to cover it up. Now look at this. What are we pulling up? What is it? That which you were illuminated. So it's not just information. It's information that you, you experience change. You experience it. It was like, bam, light bulb went off. It's that revelation. It's that thing where God spoke to you and you're like going, oh, I get it, man. This is awesome. Come on. Come on, followers. Jesus, is, are you hearing this? So it's that stuff that all of a sudden got buried down there. What, you know, work and I, you know, too much. We, we get involved in this. We're doing this. And, you know, I got to put this stuff, this Jesus thing to the side. You don't say that, but your life does. And I know we don't like doing that. We don't like saying it, but we know actions speak louder than words. And we bury Jesus. And ultimately, because your heart is right, you go back and go, where are you, Jesus? And you, and you got to pull him back out because your heart is, it's like, Hey, I got, I, I got deceived in this life. I got deceived in this job. I got deceived in this. I got chasing after. And it does. We can get caught up in that. I want stuff to chase after me. I want riches to chase after me. I want prosper. I want success. I want it chasing after me. And according to God's word, that's what's going to happen if I stay focused, focused for the kingdom, focused for your, your results, your benefits. I'm going to win in this. I'm going to win. Being the best cheerleader that you have, I'm going to win in this. I'm going to win in this. Makes our team strong. Are you with me? All right. Now watch this. He goes, recall, seek out, command the former days in which after you were illuminated, Watch this. You endured a great struggle with sufferings. Now, if I read that, I'd read it and understand it the way you just heard it, which is not at all the way it was written. It's the moment I read that is in the natural, you look at it and go, well, I guess life's just supposed to be filled with struggling. And that's not at all. It's actually using military terms and terms that were used in the Grecian games in the Olympics back in those days. So all of a sudden, when you look at the real language of what it's trying to communicate, it's sharing you this. The information that you endured is athlesis. Athlesis. What word does it sound like? Athlesis. Athle. Athletic. Man, you guys were... I was concerned. It's where we get the word athletic. See, if you're reading the Greek, you can see, you see that and you go, okay, so this is related more to something that's athletic games. But if you read it English, religious sufferings. Well, I'm just a Christian suffering through this world. I'm just suffering for Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Suffering. That, that, I'm telling you, that's the main picture you're going to get in most Christians. That's not what the Bible's teaching. Now let's read it correctly. My success, my success is going to be tied to this. Recalling earlier times in my life, the revelation that God gave me, understanding that that information, when I recall it up, and when I start walking in it again, I'm going to have a fight on my hands. I'm going to have opposition. I'm going to have the enemy come to try to take that from me, but I will prevail. I will win. I will overcome. Why? Because the Bible says so. But if we read it correctly, I'm going to be in combat. I'm going to be a warfare. Believer, Jesus follower, hear my words now. You are in a battle the moment you wake up. Period. And once you understand that, you're going to be more apt to win. Because if you're getting up thinking, well, it's not game time until next week. You already lost the battle. I will prove it to you real quickly and then we'll end. James 1.3, the trying of your faith. The what? Trying or the antagonistic of your faith. That happens. The trying of your faith, the attacking of your faith, the combat in faith does what? Well, it gives you ability to grow in endurance, but I'm telling you, it's saying it's going to be attacked. If you look at 1 Timothy 6, 12, it says, fight the good fight, fight the good fight of what? Faith. The trying of your faith, fight the good fight of faith. Are you guys seeing this? If you go to 1 Timothy 1.18, wage a good warfare. The word wage, we get the word strategy from. Have a strategy for this warfare that you're engaged in. You don't go with an attitude of, well, if he swings first, then I'll fight back. No, you got a strategy. You're like going, you flinch, I'm taking you out. You flinch. You, you make a movement toward me. I'm fighting back. You're like going, I'm not waiting for you to throw the first punch. I, that's, that's crazy. No, if you're in battle, you want, the, you want the takedown. You want to do the first one. You want the smack. You want the sting. Not vice versa. So I get up realizing that it's a battle today. Who's going to win the battle? Now, my Bible, my Jesus says, it's yours if you want it, because I gave it to you, but you have to receive it. What are you guys going to do? I don't know about you, but as for me and my house, we're going to stand. Before Ephesians starts talking about the weapons of a warfare, it says, having done all the stand, stand. That Greek word is histemai. And it literally is a picture of a Roman soldier standing, guarding something very precious that he knows if he doesn't do it right, he dies and his family dies. Now, that's not the Christian faith, but what I'm saying is this statement is that soldier understands that this is life or death. So I'm not going to stand. I'm not going to stand going, oh, I want to go home. This ain't a Roman soldier. 
according to this Greek language. It's a Roman soldier that's like going, I'll kill to protect what has what I'm responsible for. I will kill. I won't hesitate. I will kill. That's the, by the way, this is language in scripture. Most Christians don't hear this because we're supposed to be pacifists. We're supposed to be, you know, we're Christians. We love everyone. And we're supposed to be weak, wimpy, silly people. That's not the Bible. And that's nowhere written in scripture that were to be that way. As a matter of fact, Paul speaks more military terms than anything else. In other words, he's saying, that's a battle and I want you to win it. So when you get up there, you get up and you look like a warrior. Ladies, you look like a warrior. Men, you look like a warrior. A lawyer, a warrior doesn't look like it just with equipment on. The attitude creates the look. Because no matter where, I can tell you, a warrior's heart is always going to look like a warrior. If you got the equipment on or you don't, the dude, the dudette looks like a warrior. They're like going, I got this. So ladies, it's time to start rising up in the morning before you do whatever job you're doing, whatever school you're doing, whatever you're doing. It's time to rise up in the morning. Look at that mirror. I'm one of one and I'm ready. Men, same way. Get up in the morning, look at that mirror. I'm one of one. Ooh, I got to fix that hair. That's okay. You're still one of one. All right. You're one of one. Y'all with me? So this is our life. This is the way we're going to play it. And our next 25 years, we're going to be strategic in this world because scripture is very clear. In these last days, perilous times will come. It literally in the Greek language means this. In the area of perilous, fierceness, evil in a position of throwdown. That's the, it literally means throwdown. And in the last days, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be fierce. And the enemy is just going to do everything he can to bring destruction. But I'm here to tell you that even though it says that, we aren't the people that are going to get fallen down. We're the people that have done all the stand, stand. So no matter what negative news you're hearing on YouTube, no matter what negative news you're hearing on that pastor that's not your pastor, no matter what negative you're hearing, it's time to shut that fool off, quit listening to that stuff, and start recognizing that 2022 and this year is about to be the biggest year yet and 25 years in front of us. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word. We love your word. We are expecting nothing but big things. And I thank you for love life because they are people of action. They're going to go out there and do what the word says to do. And we're going to live life right. No religion, pure relationship. We're going to make an impact. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.